You're listening to the Gov Future Podcast, highlighting discussions and insights around innovative technology impacting the public sector. Hear from experts working with and inside the government on ways that technology is shaping the future of the public sector. On this episode, we talk to Eileen Vidrine, Chief Data and Artificial Intelligence Officer at the U.S. Department of the Air Force. She shares how AI is impacting the role of data in the U.S. Air Force and Space Force, challenges the Air Force faces in adopting AI, ways they are addressing concerns related to ethics, privacy, and security when leveraging data and AI technologies, and how they approach data management and governance to ensure effective utilization of data for AI applications. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Gov Future podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And thank you so much for many of you who've been reaching out to us and telling us about some of the great interviews we've been having with the federal, state, local, even international government folks doing all sorts of cool, innovative things across the public sector, including AI and analytics and big data and cloud and cyber and IT modernization stuff. I mean, all these things may seem to be uh, different areas of technology, but as we know, these are all interconnected. And I think that's part of what's making the opportunity for technology greater, but also a lot of the challenges. So uh, for those of you that are listening to this podcast, perhaps for the first time, definitely subscribe, listen to some of our past episodes we'd have uh, on many of those topics and really just stay connected so that you can learn in, from about how public sector agencies are adopting transformative technology. And of course, hear all these great conversations on key topics that help you, our listeners, and of course, our GovFuture members learn the latest innovations and best practices to stay ahead of innovation in the public sector. Exactly. So this GovFuture podcast is for you, our listeners, and our GovFuture community. If you're not familiar with our GovFuture community, GovFuture is the fastest growing community of government innovators. You can learn more at govfuture.com, and we'll link to that in the show notes as well. This podcast is really an opportunity for us to get to talk to many thought leaders in the public sector and get that diverse ecosystem and many different perspectives. So we're so excited to have with us today Eileen Vadreen, who is the Chief Data and Artificial Intelligence Officer at the Department of the Air Force. Welcome, Eileen, and we're so excited for this podcast. Thank you for including me today. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about your background and what you do at the Air Force. Well, um, I would like to say I have a non-traditional leadership journey. I started my journey as an enlisted soldier. I got commissioned through officer candidate school and mid-career, I pivoted to industry and academe. And I returned to federal government after 9-11, specifically to support the intelligence community. During that time, I got selected to be a White House Leadership Fellow. And um, after I completed my fellowship, I was selected to be the first permanent CDO for the Department of the Air Force to bring this organization from initial operating capacity to full operation capacity. Last year, I had the honor to be detailed to serve as the first senior strategic advisor for data to the federal CIO. And in that role, I was able to bring an operational perspective to federal data policy. And I've recently returned to our department, and I'm now serving as the first permanent chief data and AI officer for the Department of the Air Force, which is a military department with two services, United States Air Force 
and United States Space Force. And it's really about driving data and AI innovation at the speed of mission. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think that speed just continues to accelerate, <laughs> which is part of the opportunity and part of the challenge. It's just the world changes as a, at a whole as a dramatic rates, which of course impacts everything that we're doing. Plans that we may have had even say two years ago <laughs> seem quaint and obsolete now. It's kind of funny how that happens in life, but you know that's that's this that's the world we're living in. Of course, technology continues to adapt, and so do uh, organizations. So, of course, the thing that's the topic du jour that has been for the past many years is AI and advanced analytics and some of those great things. So maybe you could tell us about some of the ways that you're seeing some of these advanced technologies maybe more recently, really impacting what you're doing and your role and the role of data, especially given your role at uh, Air Force and U.S. Air Force and Space Force. So when people talk about artificial intelligence, they sometimes pivot directly to AI, but you can't get to great artificial intelligence without great data. I think of data as the foundation that we build AI on. And in um, our military department, it's not surprising we have volumes of data across every mission area. But our journey really has been to make it what we call Vultus, visible, accessible, understandable, linked, trustworthy, interoperable, and secure. I know that's a lot, but that's the foundational tenets of the first DOD data strategy that was co-authored by the DOD CDO at the time and the MILDEP the military department CDOs. It's really us working together as a collaborative team to drive to drive mission forward. And if we think about all of the industry stories, they tell us that 80 plus percent of AI work is about getting that data foundation correct. So we're on a journey to be AI ready by 2025 and AI competitive no later than 2027. And that journey begins with a true foundation of great data. You could say AI capabilities motivate every airman and guardian to be part of the solution. We're all generating data across our workforce and we need each and every one of them to create and maintain the highest quality true trustworthy data so that we can accelerate change to leverage AI to optimize mission performance. Because it's really about working smart and optimizing performance to support our mission each and every day. And data is the starting point. Yeah, you know, we talk about this all the time. We really say data is the heart of AI, right? I mean, if you don't have good data, and we, we talk a lot about this DIKUW pyramid, where data is the base, the foundation upon which all else is built. So that's really, you know, moving your way up data, information, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, the DIKUW pyramid. But you're right, without good data, you really can't get anywhere. And I think anyone who's who's worked in or around government knows that the government has lots of data. But quite frankly, everybody has a lot of data these days, and it only continues to grow. So what challenges does the Air Force face in adopting AI technologies? And how are you addressing these challenges, maybe both from the AI and the data side? Well, I look at it that we have the same challenge that our industry partners have. There is a fierce war on talent, and our military needs the best talent to compete um, 
in the mission space. And so we're really embracing what I'm calling a multi-prong approach for a multi-generational workforce. And it begins by bringing in the best talent and providing them meaningful opportunities to learn and grow. So, And so when I say um, building that pipeline, first, um, we when one of the first things that we did was actually move into um, the people space and make that investment early. Our colleagues at the United States Air Force Academy um, invested in building first a data science minor and then a major, as well as really making sure our computer science curriculums were really strong. And today, these cadets upon graduation, they have they've studied this through their path through school and they're going into every mission area both on air and space and so that i think is really a force multiplier to build capability throughout our workforce but it's not just about military talent it's we're a total force military civilian active guard reserve organization so it's also about investing and bringing in great civilian talent and several years ago we began the first in um internship program we continue to mature that out but we also have uh, pathway programs to bring um great talent from college into our workforce and so it's not just one thing, but it begins with the journey of bringing in great talent, giving them impactful work so that they're absolutely going to want to stay. And then also looking across our workforce of who are those coders? Who are those, I'm going to say, citizen airmen data scientists? How do we leverage them and our our AI capabilities that exist in our workforce, but they happen to be doing another um, another mission. How do we really make sure that we think holistically about cultivating that talent from beginning to the end of a leadership journey, starting with ta- you know tactical and operational perspectives, and then growing them to be the next level of st- digital strategic leaders moving forward. And when we look at that. You know, we've made some very targeted investments. Um, For instance, we have an AI accelerator at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in Cambridge, Massachusetts. There we have amazing airmen and guardian working side by side with some of the top AI researchers in the country. And they're doing not just uh, amazing research, but they're co-publishing, co-authoring documents. And in addition, we're using those touch points to have great short courses to actually upskill our workforce at all different levels, from junior enlisted all the way to our senior general officer, chiefs, and uh, senior executives. So it's really about making sure that at all levels of our workforce, we're making targeted investments um, so that we are absolutely ready, but it's creating great pathways for great capabilities across your whole force, military, civilian, active guard reserve. Yeah, that's really very interesting. We constantly hear the story about uh, workforce and training and talent and recruiting and upskilling. It's definitely the hotspot. And that makes a lot of sense because one, uh, 
we have to, you know, the, the, the government as a whole needs to compete in the world where the world is continuing to advance and at the same time stay ahead of its adversaries and take more advantage of data and make the experience better, all the sorts of stuff that we want from our daily lives. I'm interested in a lot of these things. I know we can dig a little bit deeper. I'm curious about the internship program, I'm wondering how that works, if it's internal internship or external or uh, both. So that's kind of curious. I don't know if this is, we could dive deeper for that, but I know I have a lot of other questions. I mean, did you want to maybe spend a moment talking about the internship program? Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that we bring uh, people in after their sophomore and junior year. And, um, and we try to uh, have them shadow one of our top data scientists. So in a 12-week summer intern, a person can go from entry-level use case analysis to AI algorithm development. Our very first intern uh, worked on a program, and when he graduated, he came back under the Pathways program, what we call them Palace Acquires, to come in as a recent college graduate. And he saw the use case that he worked in action. I like to say, be part of the solution. And so I think that's really exciting. You can see the impact that you're making um, almost, you know, today. And I think that is very um, rewarding for our workforce. Yeah. It's un- it's it's interesting and, and unusual. I wouldn't have thought about that. So that's, that's something our listeners might find very interesting and appealing. So I encourage folks to reach out and learn a little bit more. So of course, one of the, the, the things that we need to deal with as we're dealing with AI and analytics and advanced data and cloud and cyber and all this sorts of stuff as we have these challenges, of course, around data privacy and ethics and quality and, and all the, the challenges we have uh, with privacy and security. So maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, sort of approaches you're taking, um, especially as you're also trying to push the boundaries, you know, trying to, you know, expand the the uh, the, the capabilities of what you're working on. That's It's always the tension between trying to do more and taking more advantage, but at the same time dealing with security and privacy and all, all those considerations. Well, I always challenge my team, how do we get to yes? It's very easy to say no, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that. But a lot of times with innovative thinking and approaches, you can actually be very deliberate and actually um, get through some of what I would say the gates. So it begins by looking at what industry and academe have done in these areas because they've done tons of work. And how do we leverage that great work from our our defense industrial base, our academic uh, partnerships? And how do we leverage that great work and use it as a springboard for best practices to mitigate and reduce risk? So in our department, we're looking at those lessons learned and best practices and how can we incorporate them smartly and efficiently um, our colleagues in the DOD have also set up success success in this area by publishing what, what we now know as the AI ethical principles, and then later they published the responsible AI strategy and implementation pathway. Those were really foundational capabilities that we that we point to in the Department of the Air Force, but it's also um, some North Stars that our partners can look at as they're migrating through this work. And so we know that we have to really always be ready to make sure that we're thinking deliberately and intentionally on key topics like 
data bias. If you use historical data, what's the impact of it? Um, data spillage. How do we make sure we, we reduce the risk for that on every single action we have and just the whole umbrella of security, cybersecurity? And when we do that and we can employ dual data and AI tools, um, we're really talking about how do we take today's technology to actually enhance our security posture? Um, when we use data tools, sometimes there's more risk because some of the newer tools and techniques embrace some of the best new capabilities possible. So we're always looking at implementing safeguards to protect our airmen and guardians' privacy, and also making sure that there's always that 100% commitment to our pro professional ethics. Um, one unique, I think, approach that we've done in the Department of the Air Force is we have appointed what we're calling our director of responsible AI. And in the Department of the Air Force, we have an amazing airman, Lieutenant Colonel Joseph Chapa, um, brilliant PhD from um, Oxford, that is an ethicist. And he is our director of responsible AI. So he leads our area for our department. But it's really about everybody has to, you know, I like to say data and AI are team sports. And each and every one of us have to do the work to make sure that we're keeping our enterprise secure for everybody. Yeah, there was so much packed into that answer that we can talk about. You know, I love to hear, I, I mean, obviously, right, data seems to be a core topic throughout this entire podcast, but also collaboration and working with others. You know, you said that you you learn from others, you like to talk, collaborate, also that internship program sounds incredible where you're able to bring in, you know, different perspectives. And then hopefully if we're talking about talent, attracting folks to the Air Force, maybe, you know, they weren't thinking about government as an employer when they graduate, this is a really great opportunity to expose them to what really is possible and get them jazzed up about it while they're still a sophomore or a junior going through their college career. And then going to government when they graduate. So, so many, so many wonderful things there. Uh, you know, but we also, and so talking about ethics and privacy, security, all of that related to data, it's wonderful to hear that these are important topics and that everybody is being so thoughtful about that. So when we're talking about data, how does the U.S. Air Force and Space Force approach data management and governance to ensure effective utilization of this data for AI applications? Well, data governance is really, I think, and the management of data is critical to success. Um, this is probably an area I could talk about for a really long time because it is such a pillar to long-term success. And... Um, and sometimes it's not the coolest subject. So um, people don't want to talk about like data management, data governance, but it is really a game changer because when you do that, though management and the governance, it actually helps you accelerate change. So I go back to um, our national defense strategy says data is a strategic asset. And it's really about us investing in the resources, the you know, having the right team, but also having the right capabilities and, and layering that with the implementation for policy that 
actually supports tech advancement and actually removes barriers for data accessibility. When I first started, um, and we did some of our very first use cases out of our, our innovation lab, um, we found that um, data accessibility wasn't easy. And so we had to really think deliberately as an enterprise in terms of how do we make data visible and accessible at the speed of mission. And so some, you know, the, I go back to those tenants, visible, accessible, understandable, linked, trustworthy, interoperable, secure. Um, because we don't, act, not only do we need to do, but we need to seamlessly integrate with our sister services, other military departments, our coalition partners. So step one was really designing and implementing an enterprise data catalog for data sharing and reuse. And that was step one. And it is maturing each and every day. It's getting better and better and better. Um, but also looking at how we also can facilitate sharing across our enterprise to make things faster. So um, this year we invested in an algorithm repository um, for to for to support our data fabric. So in the Department of the Air Force, and we uh, worked across um, mission areas to publish what we call our Department of the Air Force data fabric to make sure that data is not just visible and accessible, but can be seamlessly integrated from one cloud or on-premises location to another at the speed of mission. And in addition to that, it was also about creating what I'm calling a one-stop shop for our airmen and guardian developers to access those algorithms, the compute capability that they may not have on their desktop, um, and the training data to solve some of their operational challenges, and then creating a community so that they can work across mission areas to use each other's great use cases as a springboard to go, to go faster. And today we have, I think, over a hundred different uh, use cases um, that have been, you know, facilitated through our data lab. And it creates great capability, but it's, I think it's really about collaboration because it goes back to the diversity of thought. You know, when you bring in different thought points, um, it can help you be have a more holistic approach and really make sure that we're thinking big E enterprise moving forward. So um, a couple other things that um, I will mention is that we have um, in our governance process, we have roles, key roles and responsibilities where we have leaders in various units across our entire military department, both on air and space that uh, manage data assets efficiently and effectively for our department. And then also to encourage data capability uh, competencies across the enterprise, where we continue to invest in data management and AI training, analytics, visualization courses, some short courses, some online um, learning through digital university, but continue to uh, stay leading edge in all of these areas because the technology turns so quickly. We want to be ready. Um, for the next thing. Um, and that goes back to speed of mission and speed of relevancy. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, so many great things. <laughs> this is a really informational packed uh, podcast. We'll probably have to have you come back because we could talk forever even about the, dig- the data fabric you talked about, seamlessly trying to get data integration. Sounds like a problem we've been talking about for decades. Uh, but you know, we I think everybody's realizing this is not a product solution. A lot of this is architecture and process methodology, which we are strong believers in, frameworks, all that good stuff. That's not as exciting as buying your most latest product, but serves you for longer because you can always count in your process when you're doing things and you can always obviously iterate and make your process better. So uh, let's you mentioned a little bit about sort of the internal uh, collaboration that you're doing. Can you talk a little bit about sort of maybe external collaboration? You talked a little bit about MIT in one part. I'm a proud MIT alum myself. But maybe even within other government agencies, other organizations, you know, how how is what you're doing? How are you reaching out to others? How are you bringing them into the fold and and uh, involving them uh, in your work as you continue to evolve these uh, innovative technology areas? Well, just recently we we did our first data. We call it the DAFDAF, Department of the Air Force Data analytics and AI forum. And we brought over eight, it was about 800 people together in a single location, half a day of workshops, um, a couple of days of open open source on classified and even some classified sessions. Um, But it was really about sharing great lessons learned in this area to go faster. And it was um, not just Air Force, it was all services, our OSD colleagues, we had a few of our colleagues from Coast Guard participate also, but industry, academe, both large and small business. Um, one of the other places where we, I think, have had really great collaboration is through our challenges. So when during COVID, um, we actually launched our first hackathon, or we called it a datathon. We did it with our part, and it was the C-17 Puck Scheduler. And the winner of the C-17 Puck Scheduler were a small group of airmen who had never been assigned together, never worked together across all different mission areas. And in three days, they built a minimum viable product that's in production today. Again, being part of the solution. But over the last um, really two years, we've scaled that out to um, include small business. Our very first one that included small business were small businesses that had never done work in the Department of Defense. Now it's it, it's scaled out to include academic teams. And our most recent uh, challenge through the MIT um, um, Accelerator Challenge Program uh, um, included um, one of our international partners. So there's always a series of challenges going on at aia.mit.edu slash challenges. And it gives the general public um, an opportunity. And it's a great area for, um, it's a great opportunity for people that are thinking about, hey, do I want to work in the Department of the Air Force? Is this the type of work I want to work on? To kind of test drive um, the culture and the innovation that we have, because it is really, I think, um, an amazing opportunity. And we need diversity of thought. So we want people to participate with us. 
Yeah, I think that's that's wonderful. You know, you want to make sure you're right that you do have diversity of thought, that you have diversity, different representation, different uh, you know approaches coming in because that's really how you can continue to grow. So, really wonderful things. This podcast has just been jam packed with so much information. Our listeners may need to go back and re listen to it. It was just so wonderful. But we always like to wrap up our podcasts by asking everyone the same question because we get such a diverse perspective and response to this question. What do you see or hope to see as the future of technology and innovation in the government? Well, for me, I believe it's all about the art of the possible. Um, Innovation is part of every airman and guardian's core DNA. It's a um, our core value, excellence in all we do, pushes us to be the best. And we're constantly striving to optimize business and mission performance, leveraging t- you know, current and emerging tech. It's just, it's a critical foundation component. When we first uh, started, we built an emerging tech platform, which we called the Vault Platform, to pilot new capabilities. And to date, we have successfully integrated multiple new technical capabilities, and some have scaled beyond our department to other parts of the DOD and federal space. So I hope Um, when I look at the future of technology, innovation, the government, that the passion for innovation just continues to accelerate. Our partnerships with academia and industry combined with embracing what we know as dual use technology only means that our future is brighter. So that collective passion for innovation and it's, you know, to really optimize mission performance, pushing boundaries of our capabilities Um, really is ultimately helps us with our mission to protect and defend. So I like to say data and AI and innovation, our team sports, and I, I hope to see everybody on the team. Well, great. We hope our listeners feel like they're already part of the team. So (laughs) part of the extended team. And uh, that's part of it because this is a great community of innovators. It's interesting. It's not a big world that we live in. Uh, there's a lot of people in it, but you know we're we're definitely focused on you know especially in this technology area. We it's a small community, and I think a lot of people have a lot of great expertise, and they can help even if they're not necessarily working right now with the the Department of the Air Force or even working in the federal government or not even necessarily working anywhere in the DC region. And they may be working on something really cool and innovative. I think that's really what part of all of this is all about, and definitely part of what we try to establish in this network of government innovators. We want the innovation to flow, cross-pollinate, and all that sort of stuff. So really, thank you. Really want to thank you so much, Eileen, for contributing such great insight. As always, great, chock full of detailed stuff and uh, really sharing your insights with our podcast audience. Well, I appreciate you including us and letting me tell the story of the amazing work that our airmen and guardians are doing here in the Department of the Air Force. So. Um, Thank you for um, being part of our team. Yeah, thank you. And for our listeners, we've got great resources. If you're looking to get more insights and details on the range of technology that we discussed in this podcast, as well as other topics as well. 
Check out our resources, books, courses, checklists, explainer videos, webinars, and more at govfuture.com slash resources, which is tailored just for you, our GovFuture listeners. Become a GovFuture member to take advantage of all that the community has to offer, including access to a diverse network of government innovators, opportunities to collaborate with government agencies, exclusive access to events and resources, and a platform to have a voice in shaping the future of government innovation. If you're interested in learning more and to sign up, go to govfuture.com slash join. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. We have some incredible interviews coming up as well as, uh, you know, topic discussions. Want to make sure that you get notified of all of those podcasts. Also, make sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. To view this episode's show notes, find additional episodes, subscribe to this podcast, and join the fastest growing community of government innovators, go to govfuture.com slash podcast. This sound recording and its contents are copyright GovFuture, all rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening to the GovFuture podcast and catch you at the next episode.